Welcome to the Black Men Think Podcast. If this is your first time here, know that the views and opinions expressed by the Black Men Think Podcast, are those of the Black Men Think Podcast and not the individual members. With that being said we're about to be unapologetically, undeniably black. Enjoy. So look, bro. Hey. You know, it's uh we're recording this. It's February first when we're recording this. So we we kicking this off. Uh the only way that the black man think podcast should kick this off. So I I just got one question for you, bro. Okay. When the last time you heard a black history fact that you haven't heard of? <laughs> I feel well, like first it's the same ones like literally every every year it's the same black history fact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's definitely, well, first and foremost, let me just say this, bro. Happy Black History Month to you. Thank you. Um, you know what I'm saying? Happy Black History Month to all of our listeners, Black women, Black men, um, Black children. You know, Black is beautiful, man. Yes, sir. It, it's, Absolutely. listen, bro. Hey, bro. It, it, and if we don't celebrate ourselves, then who will, right? Bingo. And that's that's what we do here at the Black Man Think Podcast. So, Bro, you know, you 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 raise a very interesting point. And, and ironically, on the first day of Black History Month, I honestly didn't even, like, it didn't really feel like Black History Month. I feel you. Same here. Same here. You know, like, I'm riding around the city to and from work, you know, just going about life, doing things. I'm in the office. I'm in, you know, the programs and restaurants. And not really a lot of love happening right now. You know, right. I mean, I feel like maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting while the, like the pandemic was, you know, obviously um, pretty heightened tensions and different things that we experienced as a black community, as an as a American community, period. I mean, there was just a lot of things that highlighted black people, our struggle, social injustices. Um, I mean, the, from the marches to honestly, the murders, you know, and just, I mean, there were, there were tons of reasons for us to, for the voice to be loud, but let's just say it like it is, society seems to have gone back to normal. Yeah. And unfortunately, normal in terms of Black History Month, it's kind of mum, bro. Like, it's been a lot going on and that's not okay. Yeah. Not okay. No, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, bro, until we did pre-production i really didn't think that it was black history month like i didn't think and, and i got some other things going on too that kind of had my you know um my brain was in other places but until you mentioned it i was just like man you're right like bro it's black history month for real and so yeah. i thought it was only fair because of that question that i asked that we kicked this episode off with a black history fact that most people probably don't know something new it's not the same okay. same old um, and which there's nothing wrong with those facts that we know and we hear all the time, but I think it's our job that we should present more, right? Some yeah. Things that, you know, that we may not know of. So on today, actually, February 1st, 1960, the Greensboro, uh, sit in. So, uh, on, on this day, four young North Carolina A&T state university students, I'll say their names as well. Ezell Blair Jr., Franklin McCain. Joseph Neal and David Richmond, they walked a few blocks from campus downtown to uh, Woolworth's department store in Greensboro, North Carolina for the changing of history. So this is what they did. They called them the Greensboro Four, by the way. 
right? So mm-hmm. one late afternoon, uh, they they sat on four bar stools at a segregated lunch counter and asked for coffee. When they were refused service, they remained in their seats until closing. They didn't get up, people. Like they just sat there. They were chilling. Mm-hmm. The next day, over twenty students returned <clears throat> with them, including some of the all female students from um, from all, from the all female Bennett College. Uh, the third day included over 60 people, followed by over 300 on the fourth day. That, that's what we call, like, um, strength in numbers, right? From four mm-hmm. to 300 in four days. With the promotion of the sit-in in the media, the sit-in tactic spread to other cities in North Carolina and eventually throughout the southeast. This Greensboro sit-in is credited as being the major and most influential sit-in of the civil rights era. So um, mm. that's something I didn't know, haven't heard of. And um, I just think it's important for us to to start highlighting some some different moments in Black history, right? So we know that it's yeah. important. And, and and please do not misconstrue my words. It, but it is more than Doctor Martin Luther King. It's more than Malcolm X. It's more than Shirley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these are the the ones that they tell us about that we learn off the top of our head that we can roll off. But I've never heard of the Greensboro Four. You know what I'm saying? And so. Yeah, it's our, our job to to present some different pieces. Yeah, it's honestly crazy, bro. Like to even really swallow the fact that, bro, sit-ins were not too long ago. Like that that was that wasn't too far removed from reality of today. You know, fifty-two years. Like, that's 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 crazy, bro. Um, I mean, to say the least. I mean, there has been a lot of progress, you know, but. At the, at the same time, I mean, we obviously know there's there's so much further that we can go. I don't, bro. Have you ever been to the um to the National uh, Civil Rights Museum in Atlanta? No, I haven't been. I haven't been. I've seen Listen, it. Listen, man, building, but I haven't been. No. Listen, bro. They have an experience, and for all of our listeners out there, man, if you're ever visiting Atlanta, if you live here, and if you have not made it to that museum, it is a national museum. It's worth the visit. Um, they have an experience there where you go into an exhibit right and they're talking about the civil rights movement you know and just the different um you know people that played they're they're really painting the reality of how harsh it was for our people right for black people um during that time and then they have these booths that you go sit down at and you put these headphones on it's very interactive and you put your hands like up on the counter and you almost take the position of what some of our, you know, our, our forefathers in this fight um, and foremothers, honestly, you know, sat down at these booths and, you know, very loud and clear, bro. You hear the hate, mm. you can feel the, the, you know, the the cursing and the, the degradation, those type of words that are coming at you, you know, even to the point where like the chair is trembling where somebody's like slamming on the counter in front of, oh, wow. man, listen, bro, like, Honestly, it'll give you chills, man. It'll give you chills because it kind of puts you in into that, you know, that experience. Very a, a small glimpse of that experience, man. That that you know, some of our ancestors went through just for the sake of our freedoms today, man. And not too long ago, like you said, sixty something years ago, bro. That could have been, you know, my grandfather. Could have been, you know, honestly, I mean, even our our parents. They could have been younger. They could have been younger children at the time, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm, there's there's probably some even some listeners out there who have heard those stories from, you know, their parents or their grandparents. Yeah. About some of those realities, man. So. You know. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. Check that out. What's crazy is that we live in a world where we're not far removed, 
And for us, we live in Atlanta, man, and Atlanta is a black city, bro. We see black wealth here. Uh, we see black people prospering, to be honest with you, right? So it's not like, but the reality is 30 minutes outside the city in any direction, and you really can, like, end up in, like, one of these small towns that didn't progress, right? And that's just Correct. that's the real reality of where we live. Like, like I mean, Georgia is a state that if you take away Atlanta, you take away Savannah, Columbus, Augusta, Maine. Macon, yep. That's it. It's it's country outside of that, bro. And that's no disrespect to other. I mean, and of course, like you got like Warner Robins, which is is um, yeah, you know, just outside, right outside of Macon. But if you really take away those metropolitan areas, you know what I'm saying? In, in Georgia, bro, like it's legit country, red clay, dirt roads, farming, people who you know may feel the way that people felt 60 years ago. I'll just say that. Yeah. And, you know, when you were saying that, that example of that experience that you get at the Civil Rights Museum, I was just thinking about, like, you know, in our lifetime, we may have been in situations where we heard one or two people throw a word around or made us feel uh, or, or tried to make us feel less than, right? Yeah. But I have never been in a, in a situation where, the majority was trying to make me feel that way. Mm. Like I've never mm. experienced that in my lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Like I've definitely yeah. had a situation where one person may have got slicked at, at the mouth or, you know, two people, the person that they were with, but I've never walked in a room and everybody threw up. No. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, but that experience kind of just put in my head, like I can't imagine living in a world where everyone felt that way. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's yeah. wild to think about. You know, it's so crazy that you say that. I sat here and I was just like, you know, to some degree, I feel like I have been in that experience. Mm. It just hasn't looked the same. Like it hasn't looked like Jim Crow law, sixties, mm. you know, America. It it looked more like walking into you know political areas where white skin gives you access gives you power automatically um where you have where their that skin gives you voice and power and black skin is completely the minority and already seen as it doesn't belong there and is mm. almost treated as if it doesn't belong there like I, i've been in those settings man whether in business meetings, board meetings, um, you know, walking into certain places as a professional or even to some degree in, in, in during my previous, you know, career, even as a performer mm. and even being the honoree in the room in certain instances where I felt like I didn't belong there. Right, right. Okay. You I know, got you. I got you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like we get glimpses of it, even though it's different, it, it doesn't come with as harsh of a reality and a backlash towards us you know i mean i don't think anybody's raising their hand to you know slap us across the face or sick their dogs on us or get their water hoses and spray us down outside you know nothing like that they're not throwing us in, in, into the back of paddy wagons and, and arresting us just because we had to take that step but bro we got plenty of uncomfortable environments that still don't allow us in so you know you, i think to some degree we can relate so when you say that, it, it made me rethink some things, right? So you're right, because it's, it's not direct and in your face, 
but it's systems that are put in place. Correct. <laughs> That's what it is. The systems put 100%. in place. 100%. That's exactly what it is, bro, because you think about it. I'm just looking at, man, just information, alone information. And granted, we live in a time now where you can go online and pretty much find anything, right? But the truth in that is, even when you go to find something, getting to the point of trying to find it is is the where the system is blocking that, right? Like, so, for example, you know, we're going through uh, trying to get a home, right? There's so much information that's there about buying a home that if you don't literally Google everything, you're going to be stuck versus you find out very quickly that redlining exists. You find out very quickly that your neighborhood may not qualify for something because of the neighborhood that is in, but a different neighborhood may qualify for something. And it's just like when you start looking at those different intricacies and, and you realize that, oh, it's really a system in place out here, bro. Like things are really set up for some people to succeed. I'll say, I'll say this because I I won't go, even though I, I do think at sometimes there are things that are set up systems that are set up to, to keep people from being more successful. But I think that furthermore, there are systems put in place to help people succeed faster. So Mm, I'm I'm, I'm in that mindset of everyone can succeed right now. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to sit here and act like that. We don't have things that are against us to help us. But I think that we're in a world now where, you know what? This stock is available for, I'm using stock as an, but this stock is available for everybody to buy. But the difference is, they knew about this stock three years ago when it was private. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. Like we found out when it went public, the IPO went and and like now we're, we're in on state funding. But you see what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, yeah, we both can succeed on that level with it, right? Yeah. We're succeeding first. And then yeah. you succeed after I'm, I've already got there. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I, I, I truly feel that those systems are, are in place like that for a reason. And, and um, hopefully we're trying to do the best that we can here on Black Man Think to kind of break those barriers down and like get in the game. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, man. And I think it starts with education and, and celebrating ourselves, you know, which is which is why we I mean, shoot, let's let's dive in. Let me find another. I got another fact for you right okay. here, bro. Um, and it was, it was so interesting. Like, I love the fact of how our people have spanned across all spectrums of life, mm-hmm. like in terms of our greatness. And, and we deserve to be celebrated, man. Like we have made impact in this country, in this world, um, in more ways than have been told to us through our history books, um, in more ways that, that they're teaching our kids now. Um, so we're going to use this time and we're just going to highlight some things. Right. I'm going to bring up a, a very familiar name, but actually share a little known fact about it. Right. Okay. So Madam, Madam, Madam CJ Walker, like it's a very familiar black history name. We learned that even, even as kids. Right. So she created a, a line of hair care products for African-American women and leading, this led her to later become the first female African-American self-made millionaire, mm-hmm. right? So there's now a Netflix series that you can check out. It's called Self-Made, bro. And, it, and like, when I read this, it just brought to mind how much influence we both had in science and inventions, but mm-hmm. also how much wealth we've actually had in our communities over the years. Yeah, you know, and, and and we don't often get those pictures. Like we don't, you know, when you think about, or I put it like this, 
when the picture is painted for us as young boys and young girls of how to be great as a black person, what what I, I bet I can ask you and you can tell me what categories do you usually see? Uh, sports and entertainment. Well, yeah, and entertainment. sports and entertainment. Yeah, entertainment. entertainment. Yeah, entertainment. Right, it, media. We can go deeper if you want to go there. Like, I, I <laughs> so, okay, cool. Yeah. So think about it, right? Because you said it. How on, on average? Not even on average, because I don't have the numbers in front of me. So I want to be more responsible. But mm-hmm. just like you said, typically when you make that statement, the quickest way to wealth, you'll. And if you ask a black person, is you know, it's, it's sports, entertainment. Um, and unfortunately, unfortunately, sometimes there's like, you know, drugs or things like that. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if we if we stick on, let's say let's legitimately the quickest way for black men to make money on paper, or, you know, that we think of successful people that we look up to is sports and entertainment. Right. Yeah. And so when you really think, break that down, what are we doing? Think about it. If you're into sports. You're entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. You're on. You're you're putting your physical talents on display, right, for an audience of primarily who, white people. Wow, white people. Who signs your checks? They do. White people. Yeah. Just keep it a buck like this. And this is, I'm not even trying. I'm just being. I'm I'm laying out the facts. If you are yeah. in sports, no matter how great you are of an athlete. Yeah, man. Signing your checks 97 to 99 percent of the time is an old white guy. It just it yeah. is what it is, right? And so you are entertaining majority of white people and getting paid by a white person. And if we go back and look in any any type of history, any type of history book, just being honest, it was going on back then, right? That was Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, bro, like, <laughs> yeah, y'all can get yeah, rich man. entertain us. You'll get rich by entertaining us. While we get richer and richer. Get richer. Bro, I, you know, it It just, it, you <laughs> know, wild. yet again, bro, yeah, it's just bro. wild, man. You, I mean, you go back to systems that are sometimes visible and yet invisible at the same time, right? Like things that we don't even almost don't even have the bandwidth mm-hmm. to like dissect and think through, or even if we did, even if we took the time to do so, so far, we're so far behind where it feels like such a journey to catch up, you know? And by the time you catch up, there's another system that's been created in front of that. And I mean, I, I have to applaud the efforts of those who, who went to who fight for it anyway, you know? Um, one thing I thought about even just talking about this man is just voting rights, right? Like, like, let's, let's keep it funky. Like this is a big year for Georgia. You know, this is a big year for, I mean, this is a big year period in politics, but for Georgia specifically, you know, we're on the precipice of entering another battleground, um, voting race for our governor. And then also for the Senate seat again, you know, amongst other things, local governments and so on and so forth. But, you know, namely Stacey Abrams, you know, coming back again to go to bat with Brian Kemp, where who stole the election? Let's just say it like it is. He stole the the first election between those two. Um, And then 
Senator Warnock, you know, up for reelection, you know, um, two critical positions in this state that have a huge impact on what we become in the future. Right. Georgia is still a brand new blue state, um, even though we still have very red um, government within, you know, in terms of within Georgia, within local governments. All the um, that we named earlier are blue. Everything. Else. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> every, every everything else is red, you know, and and I mean, you know, just to watch recent, you know, voting rights legislation passed, or even just look across the country and to see how, you know, red is positioning itself right. to either make voting very hard for people of color and, and underserved populations, mm -hmm. um, or positioning their repositioning new people in place where they feel like their old colleagues didn't do the job to keep us out of office to begin with and so the fight is so intentional yeah you know from from the side that that seeks to keep us oppressed and keep us you know silenced and suppressed mm -hmm. and you know i'm thankful to see like new leaders in our communities that are that are taking the time to dissect these things, but also put the information out to our community so that we're not at, at, at the same disadvantage that we used to be, bro. Right. Um, and there's so much to learn, but I just encourage anyone out there who's listening and you feel what I'm saying right now, do what you can, like learn what you can, fight where you can, get, get involved in your local government, like go to your HOA meetings first and foremost, like in your community, make sure that you have a voice in your community Go to like if you're in urban cities, go to go to the uh, neighborhood planning units or the MPU meetings, which are really district type meetings where you find out what's happening in your district, who, what businesses are moving in. You literally have votes and say so's in these meetings. You can, you know, combat things that don't match what you feel like your community is supposed to do. Point is, go be a black voice in those meetings. Go to your board of education meetings. Um, whether you have children or whether you don't like go be a voice for the children in your community um the school boards i mean do everything you can to represent and it takes time and it takes sacrifice but listen there were people that were willing to sit at those sit-ins for us knowing that they might not get to see the, the fruits and the benefits of what sacrifices that they were given but we are so honestly, we have to do the same thing for the next generation, man. Uh, if anything, this month, man, just take that education to the next level. You know, man, you say that and, and all of that, I'm glad you said it because all of that is real. That's that's reality. And I think that um, as soon as we can come to, to grips with that reality, I think we can improve on that. Right. Like there are certain things mm -hmm. that uh, we not even saying that we're blind to, but we may look the other way just because we're we're in it and we're trying to. We're trying to get to it. We're trying to get to another level. It's kind of like that that whole thing of that saying of breaking generational curses, bro. Like we have so much stuff that we're going through, and we're trying to break those generational curses, and we wonder why everything is so hard because we're the ones that are trying to do a lot of this stuff for the first go round in our family. Like it's yeah. just, it is what it is. And so, you know, when I think about like we read that at the top of the of the episode nineteen sixty. My mom was born in 1960, right? And but I'm looking yeah. at in her lifetime, she's seen so much stuff that I didn't get a chance to see. And now, yeah. look at the things that we're dealing with that we'll have to see, and imagine what our kids are gonna see, right? And and while right. there's been improvements along the lines, I think for us it's just a matter of trying to figure out 
the plan, not even the plan of attack, but what's next, right? So I'm, I, I want to turn that back around and ask you, like, what do you feel is next for us? What do we have to do as black, as the black community to have a real progression, B, to see that there's real change? And, um, and what will that look like once we get to that point? Wow, that's such a powerful question. Um, two things came to mind immediately. Okay. The first was money and wealth management. Mm. The reason I say that is because as like, if you really look at the black wealth gap, and let me just explain that term as best as I can. I'm not a, I'm not a, um, uh, expert on this, but I, from what I understand, the wealth of the black family pales in comparison to the wealth of an average white family. I'm not just talking about like the rich white family. I'm talking about like workers, like blue collar, the normal average white family. And I wish I'm, I have to pull up stats after I say this, JD, just so I can really share how different of a picture it is it's astounding right and we've we've talked about this in, in in previous episodes but i don't have the numbers in front of me but we literally are like fractions mm -hmm. in comparison in terms of our family wealth like what your actual family is worth um and yes we have rich wealthy black people in america yes we have well-off people who have overcome you know who are ceos and on boards of nonprofits and our executives, um, celebrities and or sports and entertainment, you know, figures that are million to billionaires. Yes, we have that. But if you look at your average black family, it's completely different. So if anything, I would say we need to learn the language and the management of the number one thing that makes that a reality. And that's money. Like, like, and I'm not just talking about learning how to attain it. I'm talking about learning how to manage it and manage it wisely. Yeah. So that's my first thing I would say. And with that, I think it's linked into it, bro. We got to support black, black business. Like we got to support our own. Um, nine times out of 10, you can probably find a black owner of the typical things that you love, right? And whether that's product, whether that's like, like seriously, you could probably find a black owner of something that you love to do or love to have, love to own, right? Um, meaning that, you know, they own the company or they own the distribution or whatever. Um, we need to do the research as a community, bro, and start supporting our own and take that, that money out of what you just mentioned, black, uh, white owners, take that money out of white owners' pockets and put it into black owners pockets so that money continues to recycle through our communities and we build our own bro it's been done before and yes it's been stolen from us we you know we hear the stories of some of the famous black cities that were that were black wall street rosewood i mean you, you hear these places that were you know burned down and torn down and our people things stolen from us but bro more than ever i think we have more opportunity to to attain something man and to like make a change and you see people trying to do so, you know? And, and I just think, but as a whole, it's gonna take us all to kind of change that mindset and support our own. Man. No, that's- I'm gonna pull these stats up while you're talking. Yeah, yeah, no, that's real, bro. Because 
I think that's what I, I agree with. I agree with a lot of that. I think that's what it's going to take. You know, um, one word that kept coming to mind is just community, right? I, I think that uh, even though we're, we're having these conversations, bro, and what I want y'all to realize also is like this is our life, right? Like we're not just coming on here just to talk. We literally bring conversations from our group, group chat to the podcast like so this is things that we're talking about and we talk about all kind of stuff don't get me don't get me wrong but we're bringing these conversations here because these are things that a we talk about on a regular basis and b we don't have the answers to all the time right so but right. I, I like the word community because it, it the importance of community it shows that it's accountability right because we have people that we can rely on to tell us a we either in the wrong or b we're doing something right. And I think you need those type of people around you have that type of community around you because it doesn't stop at you. Right. I think a lot of times right. for us, we get gung ho and we, we go and try to do it on our own and there's nothing wrong with being self-sufficient and, and, and doing these things on your own, but you, you hit a wall when you're working by yourself. It's just going to happen. And, and no matter if it's in, in, you know, trying to uplift black people, it's in business, it's in life. When you try to do things by yourself, eventually you're going to hit a wall. And what a community does, uh, uh, and, and I want to I preface this by saying a, a good community, a responsible community. When you have a responsible community around you, you have people around you that can keep you accountable. So when you're slacking, they tell you like, bro, I know you, ha you got goals, right? Yeah, you, you're tripping. You're not going to hit these goals if you're out here doing what you're doing. So have those type of people in your life is easier to have that foundation to where you, when you slipping and you taking a day or two or a week off, you got people to say like, yo, like you ain't been doing what you normally doing. Like, what are you doing? And I think that helps us to get to another place because it takes, it takes the owners off of me. Right. When I'm slacking, Mo can tell me like, yo, you slacking. And then right. at the same time, I can turn around and tell Mo like, no, dog, you slacking too. And now what that does, that's community building and that's uplifting both of us to the point to where now we have a different mindset where we can have a different level of attack. So uh, for me, it's all about community, bro. And I think once we do that, that's where we really start to see some growth and where we can get, we can celebrate our wins a little bit more. 100%, bro. Bro, I, if you don't mind, bro, I just pulled up some statistics. I know we're rapping. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to share this with the people, man. Um, it's the first day of Black History Month, 2022. And this statistic right here alone is mind blowing. African-Americans hold only 2.6% of the nation's wealth, mm. although making up 13% of the population. Mm. So first let's start there, right? The U.S. is home to approximately 2.5 million black owned businesses. And if companies invested at least 1% of their profits in underserved communities, amounting to more than 20 billion in, the, in cash, the racial wealth gap could close within a decade. Hmm. There you have it right there. I'll say it again. The U.S. is home to approximately 2.5 million Black-owned businesses. And if companies invested at least 1% of their profits in underserved communities, meaning communities of color, nine times out of 10, which would amount to more than $20 billion in cash, that racial wealth gap could close within a decade. Hmm. So there's a pathway that, that we could actually move towards right right but it starts with us supporting 
and investing in our own. And let me not just say it starts with us, because this this point actually opened up a, an entirely different point. It starts with us um, holding white ran companies and businesses and industries to holding their hands to the fire so that they support ours, mm. so that they support our own. Um, and, and we saw a lot of that, I think, in the last year, man, where you know, a lot of employees were, were really going at the tables. They were challenging companies about their diversity and leadership. They were challenging companies about some of their decision makers. Right. Um, you know, they, they were challenging the disparities of how black people are paid versus how, you know, white people's salaries, though the credentials are the same. We can't let up. Mm. We got to keep going to the table. We got to keep fighting this fight, man, because it's attainable. It's not going to happen overnight, but we've got to take those steps, you know, to kind of make a difference. Yeah, no, that that's real, bro. That's real, man. That's um, wow. I, I it's wanna, alarming. Yeah, it's, it's alarming. I kind of want to leave that there just to have our audience to, to sure. think on that and, and ponder on that. And really, man, like we can continue this conversation offline. Like, feel free to send us a comment. Um, if you are with our Patreon community, you know you can chat with us, and, and we have those uh, resources and tools out there. We can have like one-on-one conversations. And kind of dig deeper, but um, definitely, I think it's important for us to not only state c- continue this conversation in your community, right? Like in your friend group, and just think about how we can change. I, I will say this because we've all fall victim to it. We've all done it, whether we want to admit it or not. That black business, give them a second chance. Yeah, <laughs> because. Yeah. I say that, bro, because I found myself doing it too. Like I've done it plenty of times where I can go into an establishment and we'll say like, you know, I can go to a Walmart, even though I don't like going to Walmart, but I'll say a place that I'll go to. I can go to a Publix, right? Things might not be up to par how I want them. I'll still go back to Publix. Mm-hmm. I hear you, bro. Speak that. I'll go to Amazon. How perfect example. I bought this microphone off of Amazon and um it was supposed to come overnight. It didn't come. And you know, in two or three days they said, Oh, sorry for that, you know, package didn't come. We'll um, you know, we'll refund your money. And then I refund and I ordered another one immediately. Didn't even didn't even hesitate. Right. I know for a fact that that was a black company. I, I would have been pissed to the point where I was like, man, I ain't, I, I'm not giving them another chance. Like, because that's just we don't know that we're doing it sometimes. Yeah. My, I, I purchased an item on Amazon. It didn't come when it said it was supposed to come. They gave me a refund. I could have took my money and went somewhere else. I ordered it again on Amazon. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. We have to have that same mentality with black businesses, second and third chances, or better yet, when they do something wrong, let them know that they're doing something wrong so they can improve on it. Sometimes we will, we'll go to Chick-fil-A, the order's messed up. We'll fill out the survey immediately and tell them what they did wrong. Don't even think Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. You go to a black restaurant, if they mess up, you might not see them again for six months when you Mm -hmm. just happen to think about going so we have to get in the mindset of like hey give them a second chance or better yet let them know that what they did was wrong or what happened so they can improve 
if you're not letting the company know that they're doing something wrong, how do they know? You're just walking out and mm. returning. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, give that black business a second chance, bro. That's bars, man. Great work. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, I'll see if we had a, a question. I forgot to pull them up. Let me see if I can find one real quick for Ask a Black Man. Man. I'm, I think we're going to have a good Black History Month, bro. Like, we, 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 just, we just started off right here, you know? I mean, we did. And, and we got more to come. A lot more to talk about. Um, and this is a weird question. Hold on. Let me see something else. Uh, I mean, this is cool. It's, it's super random, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is one weird thing about you? Weird thing? How? Mm. Oh, this might sound crazy to some. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and preface the reason before I even say it. I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. I talk to my I talk to myself from time to time. I do. You answer back? I ain't necessarily even asking the question. I'm just having a conversation. You know, <laughs> I, I I I like to think I think out loud. I got you. And no, you know, I'm not crazy. I don't, you know, walk around doing this all day. I'm just saying there are moments where I'm verbal and might not be nobody around. Mm. I just call it an only child thing. Y'all, y'all don't, y'all wouldn't understand if you weren't an only child. I'm just saying, that's my excuse. Ironically, I'll piggyback off of that. I also have, I have two things, but I'll piggyback off of that because I, I do something where, if if you ask me a question, I answer you in my head. I do that often. Like literally, like you. And I'll go, I'll go on about whatever I'm doing. Do you not do you not know that you're saying it in your head instead of verbally? Bro, it's been times or audibly. Especially with my wife. My wife may may ask me a question. And if I'm like in the middle of doing something, in my brain I answered her question. But I'm not Are you serious? I, bro, like dead serious. And it I mean it's definitely thing it's something I have to work on because yeah, to come across that I'm ignoring you. It's like no, like I answered your question. I just answered it internally. <laughs> what? Yeah, bro. Like I, I, I realized bro. that. Um, I probably realized it like maybe. I mean, I've been doing it like my whole life, but I realized yeah. that I, I noticed it probably about like two years ago, where it's like I will legit answer you in my head, like straight yeah. up. You could ask me something like, "Yo, can you um, can you? I would use my. Can you take out the trash?" Yeah, I got you, babe. In my head, <laughs> but don't work it. And, and what's crazy? Looking like what's crazy though? What's really crazy is I'll do what what was asked. Yeah. So I mean, I, I have this thing where, bro, like, I'll, it's I know it's I, I'm working on it. I, I'll say I'm working on it, but I am I am a defiant individual where like bro i do not like to be told what to do i'm not mm. that guy like you can't just like on some and, and i'm saying like i can be told what i'm I'm not unteachable yeah i'm on some like bro if you come at me and tell me like yo you need to do this i ain't doing it like just on the <laughs> strength, like no <laughs> like if you tell like it, it, it tone is 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 a lot for me like if you came it was like yeah. like like bro like um and also, it maybe it's, it's it may depend on who it's coming from, but it's on some like if you on some like yeah now nah, you need to do this now. 
never. Yeah. <laughs> you like <I> said, never. <laughs> never, bro. Like, and, and I'm saying I know that oh. it's problematic. You know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm just yeah. it like that for real, for real. Like you can't. Nah, bro. I don't work like. Yeah. That. I feel like he tried me like like on something. <laughs> nah. Hey man, pick them shoes. Like pick them shoes up right now. Yeah. Like, nah, nah, fam. It, it's nah, you so talk crazy to me, because I see it in my daughter. Like Jay, mm, that's crazy. I see it. Like you can't, you can't tell Jay to do something in a way that she feels disrespected. She was like, "Nah." I, <laughs> I was like, "Yo, that's my child, bro." Like, <laughs> but that is crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, between those two things, my other weird thing is is not so weird. It's just it's. You know, I'll save it for Patreon. You got to go to okay. Patreon to hear yeah. my other weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of personal. It's not like crazy, but you got to go to Patreon to hear that. So if if you want to hear my my other weird thing, definitely subscribe to our Patreon. We have a couple of tiers there. Um, any support is greatly appreciated. But we appreciate y'all for rocking with us for real. Even if you haven't joined our Patreon family again, um, we ain't tripping, but ain't gonna lie to you. It'll be great if you did if you did go over there because it kind of helps us to, keep, yeah. Like this equipment, we have to like get these things going. So make sure y'all um, subscribe there if y'all want the bonus content. And uh, we're doing some unique things over there too. So um, if you want to, go ahead. If not, we'll see y'all next week either way. So um, I forgot we used to do a sign off here, bro. I really forgot what our sign off was, but. Um, we'll, we'll go back and listen, and we'll have a little yeah. next time. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out, but <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. <laughs>